Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk about Pokemon cards, the Mario movie, and Valorant skins. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Geek. It is now May and we are done with the birthday hiatuses, I think, at least for now. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, Kevin, how was your birthday? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, that was, uh, what, last? I'm looking at the wrong one. Uh, Monday. Yeah, it was a week ago. Um, yeah, it. I, I was. I'm 28. I, I found out that, like... It, nothing much has changed. Uh, <laughs> I wake up slightly more sore. I guess that's the debuff. Um, didn't get that in the patch notes at all. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Um, now, um, in in terms of like stuff that we that I actually did, I actually spent a lot of time um, messing around with a lot of different manga. Um, I've been reading a variety of different things and just trying to find uh, something that works. Um, I had to interview a couple people to see if they were um, available for that position um, to help me out uh, over the summer. You know how I do that summer camp for esports. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm since I'm the teacher now. I have to interview people to see who I want for my assistants. Um, I could have up to three, so I got two of wow. them. Wow, three um, whole assistants. Yeah, that would definitely help. Um, because it, it depends on if I'm. I'm seriously considering it. Um, not saying that it's going to happen, but if it does, um, I do want to get tickets to the North American international competition for Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, which in North America, it would be for, it would be in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so I wanted to go there, possibly say hi to some of the mutuals who might be out there. Um, but that will only be like one weekend in like June. So I'm just trying to figure out like, when those go on sale, what should I do? Uh, should I plan for it? So on and so forth, you know. Um, that that's all I'm like thinking about as we uh, continue through here. But um, other than that, just uh, making sure that I I keep up with the manga. I've been reading a lot of stuff. Uh, got a really interesting wreck that we'll eventually get to. But yeah, uh, that's that's what I spent my birthday doing. Um, just chilling and relaxing for the most part. Uh, what about you, Matt? How how's everything on your end? Uh, did you spend the week trying to chillax, or were you at work too? Oh, I was at work for the uh the most of the time, but um on Saturday I did a, a late birthday thing. It's Saturday was like the um most I'm not I don't want to say recent, but the the soonest day that I could get where like my dad was off from work that we could like all go to the Magic Castle. Because my sister is under 21, so we couldn't go to the fun night Magic Castle. So we had to go to the brunch, which if you haven't been to the Magic Castle, which I've talked about before, um, it's normally a 21 plus 
place to go because they serve drinks all the time. And they like don't card you. Um, but on weekends, you're allowed to like have children there and anyone under 21. So instead, they only have like instead of multiple shows running at the same time and like in every single one of the different parlors, there's only like three magic shows going on. Um, and instead of like ordering food from like a menu, it's a, a buffet, which was actually a really good breakfast buffet. They have like different salads. They have like pokey. They have smoked salmon. They had an omelet bar. They had like prime rib and ice cream and all these desserts. So like it was a small buffet, but like it was a very high quality buffet. So I was not upset and I ate way too much, way too fast. Um, and then immediately following that, um, I I had I recorded a thing for another podcast that I host with some of my friends. Um, and we didn't go to um, we didn't go to Dave and Buster's, Kevin. We didn't go to round one. We went to the OG Chuck E. Cheese. Let's go. Was <laughs> it, okay, time. okay. Was that because you watched the uh, last week tonight episode? Partially. It was partially <laughs> because of that, but partially because I don't know how we started talking about it. We started talking about it on the last episode of Mars on Life we recorded. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just go to Chuck E. Cheese. Let's just go record an episode at Chuck E. Cheese. And we did. I, I, I was assuming that that would be loud, but... Well, he, he, we had a mic. My my friend brought a mic, so he recorded on that. But no, it, it's very loud because there's screaming children everywhere. Yeah, and they they've taken out the um, they've taken out the animatronics. So now it's just like there's a screen, and now it's Sesame Street style where there's puppets where they do everything, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but we what happened? I did manage to beat the record on the SpongeBob Whack a Mole. There we go. I beat the record three times. I think before that, uh, again, this was children who were playing this game normally, but I think that it was 75. And then I broke the record at 150, broke it again at, no, no, 275. I got it to 275, broke it again at 350, broke it again at 375. I didn't take a photo of the last one, but all in all, after running around Chuck E. Cheese with 30 tokens, um, and they use like, stupid cards now instead of the coins which makes me sad because back in the day you used to be able to like find coins that people had left unattended and steal them or like on the ground or whatever but i had like 276 no 276 i think tickets worth which you don't actually get tickets it's on your card now and i was able to get five plastic frogs with that let's go i got a bag of plastic frogs from chuck e cheese so that was a good end of my late birthday but that's what I did. <laughs> that, that sounds like fun. I feel like I would do that too, but for the mini hoops, uh, that's just because like, you know, I am you drawn just, to that kind of stuff. And you're uh, insane at mini hoops. I've said, we've said this before, but Kevin is, if you ever get the chance to watch him, it's kind of scary how good he is. It's like a, literally watching a machine go back and forth. No, I just got to get the rhythm. And I heard that there's one in Cosmoland in in Japan, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh-oh, here we go. I'm going. All right, let's get into the news of the week, shall we? Um, So, the Mario movie. Kevin, have you seen it yet? I still have not seen it. I really want to go, go, and I, go. I, just haven't, I just haven't been able to, like, 
get outside. <laughs> yeah, life is busy. Also, speaking of outside, dude, the spring air is just playing hell on my like allergies and sinuses. Same. And I'm getting absolutely destroyed. Can you hear it on me that it's like ruining me? No, no, I can't. Because okay. I've been coughing, I've been sniffling. It's like I have like a post nasal drip, and like it's like just it's it's disgusting. It's terrible. I hate all the pollen in the air. But yeah, don't go outside unless you have to because the spring air will ruin you. Um, but no, you got to see it. It's great. And if you see it, you will be helping the Mario movie break a bunch of box office records. Like, for example, it is the first movie of 2023 to make over a billion dollars. With a B. With, with a B. That's a that's a bunch. So I'm looking at the um, article written by Rebecca Rubin from Variety, who I used to work with her when I was an intern, and now she has a job at Variety, and I don't because I, I turned down a job at Variety because I was stupid. Anyway, um, so as of Sunday, 26 days after its release, Nintendo and Illumination and Universal are rolling in the money because domestically it's grossed $490 million. And internationally, it's grossed five hundred thirty-two million. So that is um, that is over one billion dollars, and it's only the fifth movie of the pandemic to get to that point so far. So in the three years we've been in coronavirus times, only five movies have um made a billion dollars, including the Super Mario movie. Want to guess what the other four are? Because I like making you guess things. Okay, so four movies in the last three years yep. that have made over a billion dollars. Yep. Okay. Um, Is everything everywhere all at once in that category? No, unfortunately not. Art okay. movies never make that much money, even though they win all the awards. They won all the awards, though. <laughs> um, okay, so it's got to be like a popular thing. Um. What did what was Disney up to? Was okay, wait, wait, hold up. And Kanto, maybe it's gotta okay. be more popular than that. I so think that, is that one guess or no? Is that is that one of them? I'm gonna give you a freebie and say no, it's not. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna IMDB movies in the last three years. <laughs> that way I kind of know what I'm messing with here. So we're going from two thousand like the, the beginning of the twenty twenties, okay. Yeah, pretty um, much. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, Joker was 2019? Joker was 2019. Yeah, that was 2019. Okay. That so, was pre-pandemic. Just before the pandemic. Got it. Uh, I actually have no idea. I haven't been to like a theater in a minute. Um, Would... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Would... No, okay. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have made it. Does Demon Slayer Mugen Train count in that? It would, but it's not one of them. It's not one of them. Okay. I would think that that would make it. Okay. Um, okay. Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Is that a guess officially? I, that's a that's a guess. Okay. Avatar. Is Avatar in there? Is the way water. Is that that's got to be another one. That's Okay. That's two. You need two more. Uh, okay. Two more after that. Jeez. Okay. Uh is there anything else that's crazy that came out? Um 
I might as well just throw in some like memes at this point. I'm gonna throw an 80 for Brady and <laughs> uh, we'll uh we'll top it off with like oh wait, was oh no, that was that was no what's that post pandemic? The what was the suits? The the suits go into the minion movie in suits. Um <laughs> Man. I hate that you're even joking about that. I, I hate that I I'm hate joking that about it, but I think that, that that like to think that people would cash in on something that dumb. Uh, I I think it would be possible. Um... <laughs> so is minions an actual guess? I I really don't want to put it there. Uh... Maybe okay okay my my final one like it could be the Batman. The the okay. Robert Pattinson one. Okay. okay. Those are those that's what I'll put so out. You guessed Spider Man, you guessed but, Avatar, you yeah. guessed eighty for Brady, and the you memes. guessed uh the Batman. The, the Batman. Congratulations. You got four out of four right. No, you got two out of four right. You got Spider Man, okay. you got Avatar. Okay. Top Gun Maverick and Jurassic World Dominion are the other two. A Jurassic World Dominion? Yeah, the really the awful one of the Jurassic World ones. Conf- oh, okay. Well, I mean, the the second one was kind of awful too. Yeah, but okay. Uh, I'm. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick went over my head. That one should have been in there. That makes sense. Cashing in on nostalgia. That's fair. It was the movie that saved cinema, according yeah. to a bunch of people. But anyway, yeah, the Mario movie uh, officially is in the billion dollars club. Congratulations to. Mario folks. It's all it's all because of uh Jack Black. That's why. Um, but going off of more Mario stuff, so in addition to all those people who paid to see the Mario movie, there were also nine million people who didn't have to pay to see the Mario movie. Do you know why, Kevin? Hmm. Did something did, did it get McLeaked somewhere? It got McLeaked somewhere. Thank you, Elon. So Elon Musk now allowed you to uh, to post videos that are over two and a half minutes because Elon's just going to keep messing with Twitter because he has nothing better to do with his life. As long as you have Twitter blue, which, God, why would you pay for Twitter blue? Um, you can post videos that are over two and a, two and a half minutes up to an hour long. So um, what happened was, is the account vids that go hard posted the entirety <laughs> of the Super Mario Brothers movie cut into two and just left it there. And I think for over seven hours, Twitter didn't notice or take it down or whatever. So in seven hours, nine million people watched the entirety of the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's crazy. And so far, it doesn't look like any negative action has been taken against vids that go hard, even though it's probably very likely that Nintendo will go after them. Yeah, and I I would too if I was Nintendo, but that's still like, that's kind of funny. I mean, what, uh, what's I, his name? Bowser, the the guy who was the hacker, like whose actual name is last name is Bowser. Uh, he's he got released from prison, I think, but he still has to like pay. I think 20 to 30, no, 30 to 40% of his, whatever his future wages are going to be garnished for the rest of his life until he pays like as much as he can of the several 
million to billions of dollars that he's been judged against for whatever hacking he did with the Nintendo. So considering that Nintendo went that hard on him, um, if 9 million people watched this video, I, these videos to see the Mario movie, I can see Nintendo actually like taking active action against this account. Like, like straight, like legal hell for whoever posted these. Yeah. But dang, I mean, like, had I, had we recorded this yesterday, you probably could have watched the Mario movie from the safety <laughs> of your own home and not had to go brave the spring air and the pollen. Yeah, that's that's like literally half of the reason why I'm like chilling at home. It's just like, can I survive today? And then on top of that, like in the Bay Area, we're having very finicky weather. I don't know if it mm. is the same for you, but like two days ago, it was like 80 degrees outside. It was like warm. It was like, it was pretty warm for the Bay Area. There was like no breeze whatsoever. And then today it's like low 40s. <laughs> like it's yeah, cold. No. Oh, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. for no reason. It got cold today and, and cloudy, but I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow through Thursday. It, it, it yeah. the, the weather app keeps changing. I keep hearing different reports, but at some point there is supposed to be water from the sky. Yeah. So <laughs> weather why does it happen? Why does it do how it do? Yeah. Um. So going back to another topic that we've talked about previously, and I'm updating you about. So the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal, Um. even though some countries, like I know Japan has allowed it to go through. Uh, I can't remember what I thought about, what I said that I, because th- it was so long ago that we talked about it. I don't remember what I said I thought Britain was going to do about the the deal but what they actually did is they're preventing the acquisition they're not letting it happen in their country um the british cma which is the competition and markets authority has prevented the acquisition of activision blizzard king by microsoft um citing concerns regarding consumer choice market competition and the availability of activision blizzard games on microsoft's game pass service so According to what I've read from articles like this one on PC games, um, according to the British CMA, their main concern, I think, looks like it's coming about the the cloud and the streaming platform side of things that if this goes through, um, that Microsoft with its Game Pass is going to completely monopolize the cloud gaming um, space in, in the video game industry and would not allow significant competition for from other companies. They also said that they believe that even if um, Microsoft did not acquire Activision Blizzard King, that ABK itself would eventually move their games to a, a, a cloud platform anyway. So by acquiring the company, that removes some aspect of competition in the space and allows for monopoly um and they just didn't think that any of the solutions or or the proposed ways that activision blizzard king and microsoft would prevent monopoly from happening just didn't meet their standards or just they didn't feel comfortable that those solutions would actually work they didn't think that they they just didn't trust what microsoft was giving them so um that's that's where we're at right now. It doesn't look like anything is 
at least in Britain, it's not going to be allowed to go through. According to um, ABK and Microsoft, they're going to appeal this to the British government. They're going to do their best to go back and, and try to allay those fears and get the acquisition um, done. So Brad Smith, the vice chair and president of Microsoft, said, we remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal. The CMA's decision regrets a rejects the CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology, innovation, and investments in the United Kingdom. We've already signed contracts to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices, and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We are especially disappointed after lengthy deliberations. This decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way relevant cloud technology actually works. Um, and... Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, who, God damn it, why is Bobby Kotick still your CEO, um, added that the deal is good for competition. So that's where we're at right now. I don't know. Like the U.S., I think, itself seems to be leaning towards rejecting the um, the acquisition. At least that's what the rumblings that I've on the ground or people who are who know what's going on are, are saying. It looks like they're not going to allow it. Uh, I wonder if this acquis this denial by the UK for the acquisition is going to push the US even closer to that. So we'll see, but I uh, I don't know. I don't think I like I just I'm not a fan of Monopoly. I think the acquisition pushes uh, Microsoft closer to Monopoly. And uh, I think it's good that they're being denied. Also, you don't want to combine two companies with toxic work cultures together. That just makes more toxicity. Yeah, there's no checks or balances in there. So I I do believe that that is going to be the play. Just uh, let it let it figure itself out. Uh, don't don't let it happen. Let Activision ABK struggle. <laughs> and then then you can like just let them figure it out on their own they can't they can't get bailed out but like this honestly after the amount of struggle they have caused they deserve to struggle let's yeah. be real here they don't deserve the easy way out screw them okay kevin um what do you know about the pinkertons i when was don't the last know time you heard about the when was the last time you heard about the pinkertons uh a while just probably like high school uh 11th grade history when yeah. you're studying US history mm -hmm. um so most people if you in the pop culture space if you know about the pinkertons it's either because history learning about the pinkerton detective agency or through like bioshock because in bioshock 3 i believe um booker dewitt at one point worked for the pinkerton detective agency so very recently, a lot of people realized that, oh, the Pinkertons still exist because um, Wizards of the Coast sent Pinkerton detectives to retrieve a bunch of cards that were not supposed to be shown on YouTube. So um, the YouTube channel Old School MTG posted a video opening a box of cards from the the booster pack March of the Machine, the Aftermath. Um Apparently they were just there was only one box of these that was purchased that was shown on the stream, but then uh Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast saw it and they sent the Pinkertons to retrieve 
this box of cards because apparently it was not even actually released yet. What they what um what the account not the account but the channel um old school MTG thinks happened is that they or they bought this box of cards uh, from an acquaintance and what they what they think happened is that somewhere on the supply line when they ordered the whoever ordered the cards ordered the cards they think that they sent them a box of March of the she March of the Machines the aftermath not just straight up March of the Machines. Um, so then the Pinkerton detectives came and they raided and they took the cards and uh, yeah, Wizards of the Coast said as part of an, of an investigation into the unauthorized distribution and disclosure of embargoed product, we repeatedly attempted to contact an individual who had received unreleased cards. After that outreach was unsuccessful, an investigator visited him and asked that he reach out to us as part of our investigation and return the embargoed product and packaging. He agreed to do both. The unreleased product will be replaced by us with the product he intended to purchase. We appreciate the individual's cooperation and the investigation is ongoing. Um, Apparently, like when when this happened, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people came in, quote unquote, heavy duty lawmen came to collect the stuff and made the guy's wife cry because she was so scared. Um, I would be too if a bunch of Pinkerton detectives came to my door. And like, if you don't know anything about the Pinkerton Detective Agency, they're not good folks. Like, if you look at the history of them, they are constantly associated with a lot of violence and shady dealings and and bad stuff so if the pinkertons are coming for you you have a right to be scared i don't know if they're they're probably not as brutal today as they were in the past because of regulations and whatnot but like they're not the kind of people that you want showing up at your door asking you hey you got stuff that you shouldn't have are you going to give it back kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so i guess don't mess with wizards of the coast and be careful when you're doing unboxing videos because you never know if you've unintentionally purchased an embargoed product and are going to get dangerous detectives at your door. It's like a semi, it's like a old school SWAT. Like oh, absolutely. Can't be pulling things off like that. I don't know. I don't know how they like have that contact, but that is kind of scary. Right? Like, again, most people didn't think the Pinkerton still existed and they yeah. still they still exist. Spooky. It's like again, considering that like Booker DeWitt was a Pinkerton detective. That's like having someone send a video game character to come like beat down your door. Like, like say, say you you found you bought like this antique, this this ancient Viking antique or something at a estate sale or something, and Kratos comes and knocks on your door. It's like, give it back. Yeah, some stupid, <laughs> stupid like that was a bad analogy, but whatever going on to another another card theft story according to um according to pc gamer this is quote the largest theft that pokemon cards have ever seen i don't know if you know about this story kevin but this yeah, one... i heard about this or right, how about you talk about it because you you're more of the card game guy than i am all right so um in there's a recent uh pack called I believe it's called Crown Zenith. It's one of those two or um da-da-da. Fusion Strike. Fusion Strike is one of the latest um packs that came out. Um essentially in this pack, uh 
all of them have been they've been released essentially out into the public um but a lot of people are saying that the pull rate for certain cards have been very difficult to find um just because the people just couldn't find the cards yeah wasn't um, there like a conspiracy that there was like a lot less like shinies or or uh, hollows and stuff in this fusion strike deck yes so they were they were suspecting like um a lot of people are like there is a significant drop in the number of rare cards that are coming out of these packs um but what ends up happening uh was a kind of big story here um they they found out that one of the people who were who was on the supply line um i believe it was in uh it was in dallas i believe right yeah somewhere um, in texas i think it was somewhere dallas. in texas he comes out and he has all of the rares and most like all the shinies that come out of the regular pokemon packs because they were never put in there and instead of him taking it and you know putting it in the pack like you should um they and ended doing up his job <laughs> yeah doing his job and like naturally like you're supposed to cut the cards accordingly and then put them in the packs when needed instead he would just take the entire sheet and then he cut it at home and so <laughs> he ended up having a bunch of these cards a bunch of these hollows that were never in the in the actual circulation of the original pack and so um yeah he, he comes out and he has all of these rare cards and everybody is wondering where did this come from uh, considering that the rate of the shinies were really, really low. Um, and yeah, uh, they, they figured out what it was a supply line thing. And uh, now they have to figure out what they want to do with it. And then they obviously they called the authorities and then this person was, of course, caught. So the uh, the the trading card store that this person brought them to um which was called trading card world was cooperating with the authorities and cooperating with the the pokemon company because apparently someone who worked at the store knew someone who worked for pokemon as well and they collaborated together so the store is not in any trouble um but according to nintendo which this is an interesting response from them we take the production of our IP and associated products very seriously. This matter remains under investigation, and we cannot, we cannot comment on details at this time. However, we can confirm that Sword and Shield booster packs and products were shipped to retail as intended, and we have no indication that the integrity of the products were impacted by any confirmed or unconfirmed theft. Furthermore, we continue to significantly invest in both the production and security of our TCG business. We value the faith our fans put in us and our products, and these investments are intended to help us uh, continue to maintain their trust. So even though this guy had, and if you look at the photos of this online, um, it's a lot of, of shiny cards, of hollows. There's a lot of them. It's not like a couple. There's like stacks and stacks and stacks. What Nintendo is saying here, and Pokemon Card Company is saying here, is that Hey, even though this guy like stole all of the hollows, like the 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 fusion strike packs shipped as intended with the intended drop rates. So I don't know if they're just saving face here or they're saying, you know, no, we actually intended a lower um good card hit rate with this pack. Yeah, it it just seems kind of kind of weird how like one guy's just got a ton. 
and I, I feel like it is a little bit of just covering um it's either covering their butts or trying to protect the investment of of the people who may have invested in the in the pack already um by not releasing all of these cards it makes the ones that you do find a lot more rare but at the same time you might as well like it, it if it is supposed to be a higher drop rate, we don't know what this is going to do to the market. It's like, yeah, now all these cards are in. Does it lower the price of the cards that have been found? Or is it the other way around that now because it has all this buzz around it, um, it's it's going it, to gonna drive the price up even more. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but it does feel very weird that, you know, it, it's like, this is the reason why like we we found a ton of shinies the drop rates were low and you know pokemon's just trying to cover a little bit yeah it's it's this is a dumb statement they shouldn't i don't they should have said something about it like they had to considering this is the biggest theft of pokemon cards in all time but mm -hmm. i don't think the statement did anything good you know I don't know. It just it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like any good closure. It does definitely feel like they're just trying to save face here. Um, they're ready for some some happier news about trading cards, Kevin. And you probably yeah. know about this one, but yeah, uh, yeah Tyler the Great Warrior was sold. Yeah, auction. Uh, I I'm very I was very excited to watch this. I saw the. Uh... I, I was just kind of watching it kind of kind of go as is. Um, but yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh world was blowing up. This is like the only one of one card. So um, yeah, it was really it was really exciting to see what people went after it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after two weeks of being up at auction, and we've talked about this card before, it was a, a Make-A-Wish uh, fulfillment for this child who had cancer. And now that he has survived the cancer and needs money to start his life and support his family he's selling the card and after a two weeks and some rounds of bidding it was sold for three hundred eleven thousand two hundred eleven us dollars and like why the 211 why not just make it a round number please please yeah um, I, I don't know they, they just want funny number i guess i guess but uh yeah so it's it was sold it was sold for a, a lot of money. That's like more money than I currently have ever seen or have ever had. But um, that's not, according to comicbook.com, where I'm reading this article, they threw in this thing at the bottom. It's not the highest selling trading card game ever sold at auction. Um, Would you like to guess how much the highest ever trading card sold was? And or guess what card it was? Yeah. Uh... I actually don't know what the highest like card would be sold like this. Um I I don't I don't know if there's like basketball or baseball cards that go higher yep. than what Yep, it's a sports ECG. card. Okay, it's, it's a, a sports, sports card. card, yeah. That I wouldn't know. I would you yeah, you I would think that like a lot of people would cards. talk about like a like a black lotus from Magic the Gathering or like mm -hmm. a first edition Charizard or whatever. Uh, but if it is a sports card, I have no idea what it is and yeah, how much I, it would go for. I don't know. I've never had seen the appeal of sports cards personally. Like I know I had friends who just would go crazy over baseball cards, but then you can say the same thing about Pokemon cards too. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, I can't like knock it too much because I have collected Pokemon cards, which literally have the same intrinsic value as these baseball cards. But anyway, um, a 1952 Mickey Mantle Tops card sold to an anonymous bidder in 2022 for $12.6 million. 12.6 million. That's a a lot for a piece of, of essentially what is cardstock with ink on it. I mean, I get get the configuration of the ink on the cardstock is what you're, you're buying. But like, think about that for a small piece of ink and cardstock, you paid $12.6 million. You better get like, that put in a case or something. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't want to tell you what to do with your money, but you could have given that to charity if you're just gonna throw it away instead. Or give it to me. Give it. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> give it to Kevin. Give it to me and Kevin. We'll split it. Yeah, we'll do good with it. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money. And in this economy, speaking of economy. Um, apparently, in in order to help with their own economic woes, because they've been losing stock, um, Netflix is not doing the uh, the DVD sending anymore, which is where they started their business. And I, I get it now; like people don't use DVDs as much anymore. Even though I think DVDs and like Blu-rays are are still great to own as. Kevin and I have repeatedly said physical media is superior to just streaming everything or cloud or digital stuff. Um, But after 25 years, Netflix announced that September 29, 2023 will be the last day that they will um, send out DVDs to subscribers. Um, In a uh, statement, they said, our goal has always been to provide the best service for our members, but as the business continues to shrink, that's going to become increasingly difficult. Um, So, yeah, apparently over the... I can't believe that Netflix was founded in 1998, Kevin. That's like... Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I, I didn't really grow... I didn't really have internet until like fifth grade. So I didn't grow up as a, as a small child, like knowing computers or how they worked. So I only like can conceive of the internet being functional in like the, the mid 2000s. So like 2005 and onward is really where my memory of the internet goes. And from that, I just kind of conceived as computers as like really crappy or like really nothing. Just like very, like I, I find it hard to describe how, my conception of the internet was back then, but it looks like just blank web pages or like dial up internet. So to like conceive that, that that we are only three years older than Netflix is kind of weird to me. Um, and anyway, the, the very first DVD sent out by Netflix was in April, 1998 and was Beetlejuice. Um, Netflix didn't introduce the online streaming and video service until 2007 where i believe i know that their first original show was house of cards but i think that came later when they started making original content so some numbers like currently um over the history of netflix they have over 230 million paid members um the company is valued at 150 billion dollars and over the past 25 years of actually sending dvds 
they have sent over 5.2 of them out to folks, which is a lot. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how, like, we we thought that, like, Blockbuster was, like, the end of the DVD rental era or, like, uh -huh. Redbox. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it th this is just the the way how it's gonna stop. It's just like Netflix is gonna gonna call it here, and with streaming being everywhere, this is this is the way how yeah. they want to go. It's kind of hard to can still like remember that Netflix was doing actual DVD sending. Like I know my cousins used to use it all the time before they like really started streaming, but like I completely forgot that they would send out DVDs. And like with Netflix stopping, is Redbox gonna? continue is it going to survive because like i don't really see people using redbox all that much anymore yeah it, it would be really interesting to see if it is because like i do understand the idea of having a, a service like that but right right um it, it's like not streaming yeah not everybody could afford a streaming service and to have the option to watch something via dvd or to be able to plug it into your computer, that would also be very helpful. So I'm very confused um, about, like, I understand why they want to get rid of it, but I do feel like there would still be a market for it. Um, and that that might be the way to go. I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, like, I remember more recently, I was at, uh, I, I was in Hawaii for, like, a small trip, and mm -hmm. um, they had, like, a red box in their lobby where you could mm -hmm. like go down, use your hotel key, go ahead and grab a movie and watch whatever you want. Um, and I thought that was like a really cool like concept. So I was just wondering if like more people will do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's an easy way to just have a low key night after like hanging out uh, all over Hawaii. You know, you just don't want to, you don't want to like party out at night, just rent a movie and hang out in your hotel room. You know, and like for like you said, for a lot of people, like they can't afford a streaming service or like maybe a movie that they, they want to stream is not like out on the streamings right then. So I, I, I do agree that there is a place for it, but it's a very niche market, I think, as much as I like it personally. And now Netflix is making it less so. Rip to DVD services. And with the end of Netflix sending things out, that is the end of my topic. So Kevin, take it away with your stuff. Yeah, let's get to the let's get to the weird stuff. Um yeah, um let let's talk about Valorant. Let's talk about some games that are uh on the computer. Um Valorant has released a Radiant Entertainment System bundle. Um yeah, I <laughs> I really didn't want to like this skin, but I unfortunately really do like the skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is by far, this is officially the most expensive bundle to ever come out of Valorant. Um, I'm going to send you just a quick tweet, Matt, just so you can see what these skins look like um, as I talk about them. Let me okay. go ahead and find you here. Um, so... Um, this entire skin set was based off of, uh, retro video games. Um, originally I thought I was, it was just going to be like another just basic skin set. Um, but apparently it has like a ton of variations and really cashes in on that eighties, like, uh, nostalgia of like video gaming. Um, Ooh. 
and it is all like retro gaming vibes um so very uh we'll go i see yeah, like very... there's a halo like blade reference right there yeah like the energy sword yeah that's right? what it's called energy sword um and then the one after that uh there there are three variants so there's bazooka badger there's dance fever which is very much ddr-esque mm-hmm. um and then the last one is just called knockout um where it is a fighting game style uh set and the thing about each of these different ones they have different like end combos when you get the last kill um there's like the death animation it is different for each style of gun um the the idling pose is playing the the game on the actual either uh on the melee weapon or on the on the gun itself um the funniest little detail that i do give them props for when it came down to the animation of these is um when do you reload instead of it just being like you know replacing the clip it's you pulling out the cartridge and blowing out the dust and putting it back in yeah. um, and then and the and the the cartridge clip is like yeah it's a game cartridge which is amazing yeah so i i was looking at this this is by far the most expensive bundle to ever come out of valorant it is over a hundred dollars um to get all of the guns and the melee weapon uh for this bundle uh even with all of the uh discounts that come along with it where you get all the extra stuff um for free so honestly it is an expensive set um very tempting though just by looking at it and the way how it's animated um and i'm i'm excited to go ahead and see how it looks um in game but yeah that that is the newest thing to come out of valorant um there is a new competitive season so if everybody is taking a shot at it um we can um there's also the new premier league which is something that a lot of people are talking about where um, it's a new feature implemented into Valorant to help people who might not be on teams get recognized um, through another form of competitive play. So um, we'll see how that ends up leaning into kind of these newer tournaments that Valorant might want to hold. Um, but it is something that we will be keeping in mind as we continue on forward. All right. Uh, moving from Valorant, let's talk about a game that has finally returned to the forefront. Um, Omega Strikers has returned. Um, if you guys have not played League of Legends Air Hockey, uh, that is what Omega Strikers is. Um, it's a top-down uh, soccer kind of game where you hit a puck and it goes around a board. Um, very MOBA-esque where you're looking top-down and you can move around. Um, originally, it was in beta um, back in September of 2022. Um, it went offline because they were going to go ahead and work on it. And now they have done the official release um, just a couple a couple of days ago, I think. Um, so Omega Strikers is going to be available on not only Steam, which it originally was. It's also available on iOS and Android, so you can play it on your phone, um, and the Nintendo Switch. So they are all playable on all those consoles um, and all those platforms. Um, in order to promote the comeback of that, they also brought back Creator Versus. Um, which in other words means that they they uh, give certain badges out to content creators and encourage their viewers to play against them um, and try to beat them in their high score. So um, people include like Seadog uh, VA who got a new character in Omega Strikers, uh, Nyaners, uh, you have like Scara and Toast, you have a bunch of like good 
like content creators who are all playing in this kind of uh, tournament just to kind of go ahead and bring more attention to it and uh, see if their viewers could take them on. All right, uh, let's move from the gaming stuff. Let's go ahead and hop over to the uh, the the manga side, the the manga and anime side. Um, this season, I am not going to lie, in terms of uh, anime, I haven't been taking my time to watch a lot of things. Uh, the only thing that I have been keeping up with is Vinland Saga because people are telling me it's starting to pick up a little bit. So uh, that's what I did. I, I caught up with that. That That is all I'm watching. Um, but I have been reading a ton. I've been looking at, at different manga, like expanding um different into different genres things that i wouldn't normally pick up or normally read um so uh last week uh or the last time we did a recording uh, i was reading through Yu-Gi-Oh, the original series um, with all the crazy competitions that they have yes and i i finished season zero which is the one before the card game really took f- the forefront um and now i'm in the in the moments that you would normally see in the anime with duelist kingdom um, where Yugi goes to the island, uh, has to play for starships and so on and so forth. So I'm in that part of the of the actual manga on that front. Um, but um, through my entire like week of just reading random stuff, I came across this one called Wand Dance, and that is going to be my manga wreck uh, for the week. Um, I'm slowly getting through it. It is one of the series that it just caught my attention in terms of the art. Um, I originally just read the first chapter online um but after reading chapter one i was like okay i might as well pick it up um so i went to the local barnes and nobles i found out that there's four volumes and i picked up all four of them um so yeah uh that's what i did so let's go ahead and talk about what wand dance is um we follow around pretty much a kid um who has a very very tough stutter he is not confident in talking uh, to anybody and he feels very stiff. Um, he's just not uh he's not as fluent as he would love to be. He, he encounters a girl who is very confident in her movement. She she dances in front of a mirror, she and she's just moving with literally everything that that's in her being. She's she's very good at dancing, keeping rhythm, and he wonders if there was any way how he can learn to dance like that so he doesn't have to talk to people. Um, A good way to convey his emotions without having to speak first um, was kind of the thing that he was thinking about. Um, So he he runs into this girl. The reason why it's called Wand Dance, it's W-A-N-D-A-N-C-E, I can spell, Um, is because the main character is named Wanda. Um, Wanda Hikari. And that is the main, like, girl who is driving this this uh our, our regular protagonist to kind of come out of a shell and learn how to dance um a little bit so um overall a very interesting manga um he's slowly starting to get it um and i i love the evolution of his confidence originally starts with him being super timid and awkward and then he tries to practice at home and then he's like clean and he's like, I don't need to worry about if I worry about people looking at me, I stutter. But he's like, if I learn to only speak what is on my mind, that is what people are going to see. And so as we're going through this entire thing, um, watching 
the character slowly evolve. Uh, Kotani Kun is his main is the main character. Um, he's learning to gain confidence through dance, and and I love that kind of style. It really reminds me of like um, most of the poses in the dances are kind of in the same not I wouldn't say in the same style as JoJo's, but you get the feeling of like this is the reason why this is such a powerful moment. Um, you you could understand that. Um, also. Um, in this manga, they reference a lot of music that is Western. So, um, mm. yeah, the first song that they actually dance to in this book is uh, Finesse by uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B. So um, they start with that. They go into Ed Sheeran's Don't and um, what's the other one? Um, there there was another one by Ed Sheeran that they did. I think it was um, what was the one that he was supposed to give to Rihanna. I don't listen to Ed um, Sheeran, so... I'm in love with your body. Um, and it's just like that whole like vibe. It It's really cool to like listen to the song while they're dancing too. Cause you kind of get a vibe of like what they're working at. Um, so yeah, it's um, overall a very interesting. Um, it's an interesting manga to come out of Japan. Um, all things considered. So I'm very excited to get through the series. Um, I'm only in the middle of book one right now. And I would love to see where it goes later down the line. Um, it is one dance by coffee. Uh, there are four volumes out right now. Um, and yeah, uh, would recommend, especially if you're into dancing and into like that rhythm. Um, I would, I would recommend reading one dance. Um, that is one of the gems that I have found throughout my time uh, off the air, I guess. How so? You said that they have like a lot of modern songs. Do you think that's like at any point gonna date this series? Because if that's a thing that I noticed, like in a lot of like, for example, you see '90s movies, right, or mm-hmm. early 2000s movies, they like reference a lot of what's going on in like pop culture or like specific pieces of music or whatever. And it's like watching them now, it's like, oh, this feels very much of its time. Do you think mm-hmm. that's like an something that's gonna happen with um with this series? I would I would love for it to kind of do that, but also evolve with uh-huh. the music and the times because um, it, it would be kind of like a cool thing if you saw like, you know, the oldest like dance teacher. It, it really follows a club like a high school club. But if you mm-hmm. had like a like an original dancer who did like, for example, imagine if you had a character who worked behind the scenes with like Paula Abdul or something like that, you can see what their like dance and footwork is different from something like the current like TikTok trends that we do see online today. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're honing in on in in Wand Dance. They do mention some of the social media um, like trends and stuff, but they were saying like this is going to evolve into something later as well. And it would be cool to see that evolution not only happen for our like timid main character, but also for the confident um, like dancer in Wanda as well. So. Um, mm-hmm. I would so, I would love to see how this evolves. Um, once again, only like two or three chapters in, but uh, it's it's okay. very fun. So you can see it as the the dating of it as like a good thing to show like passage of time, I guess. Not yeah, I, I would I would love thing. to see that. Okay. Yeah. Now, how much of this is like very this thing for to me? This like reminds me of, of Comey can't communicate. So how much mm-hmm. of that like parallel actually is there? Um, I don't think that there's a lot here. Um, 
the i i do understand like the idea one is more of a comedy like comey uh, is more of a comedy yeah um and like all the characters are like wacky and they all have their own like weird thing um this one's very much like set in realism where there's like um there is that kind of barrier of a character who wants to like gain friends and gain confidence um but i feel like the main difference is like kotani can actually not like speak but he makes an effort to try to be more social um and instead of him having to like rely on a crutch he he's like really taking things into his own hands so um i i like that as a concept not saying that i'm bashing anything on comey if anything i'm reading comey 24 right now so like it's not it's yeah. just a very different style um right. of, of the way how the work how they work but um i would wonder if it you know follows parallels later down the line i, I would love to see maybe you know imagine if najimi was in both of these that would that would be wild najimi but, would <laughs> najimi would be in the dance club uh but yeah, I, I would think that that would be something that they would have to keep in mind as well. But yeah, that that is one dance. That is going to be my uh, the the recommendation for the week. Would check it out if you guys are interested in that. Uh, okay. Uh, let's just go into the last bit of my news. We're gonna go ahead and talk about some of the manga releases. Um, I I will go back a little bit since we have uh. We, we have been off the air for quite a bit. Um, so I'm just going to go over some of the stuff that you may have missed. Um, and then we'll, we'll go into this week and next week. So um, the big day in April was April 18th. That is the big drop day um, for manga. That was uh, Blue Lock 6, Go Go Loser Ranger 4, Kowloon 3, Laidback Camp 13, uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto's before Chainsaw Man 22 through 26, um, which honestly was a great read. Uh, would recommend if anybody wants to go ahead and read what was going on in Tatsuki Fujimoto's head before he made Chainsaw Man. Um, so that was a big day um, for all of that. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go into this week. This week, we have a couple of releases that I do want to point out and hopefully we can hit on. Um, we have Uramichi Onisan 4. Um, which is one of the most hilarious comedies that I've had the pleasure of reading. Um, it, it is about a kids television show host who drops truth bombs on kids in the middle of the takes. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, very hilarious uh, premise. Uh, I love it for that. It's on book four. It's been on hiatus for a minute, so um, it's great to see him come back. Um, Shoha Shoten 2, um, which is about a comedy duo, um, learning to become the best comedy duo in Japan. Um, it has the same artists as uh, Death Note and Bakuman. Um, so if you are interested in uh, Obata's uh, drawings again, they are, they have made their way back. Um, all right. Uh, we have One Punch Man 25, uh, which continues on with the series of Saitama. Um, we have Blood on the Tracks 13. Um, and last but not least, we have My Hero Academia book 34. Um, if you're looking to continue to collect it um, as they are getting released. As for me, I'm one of the guys who waits till the box sets come out. And since they already did 1 through 20, I know that they're going to close out the box set with another box set. So um, I'm praying that I'll, I'll slowly read up on it. I'll, I'll catch up and see what's going on. But uh, I will be getting the box set when it happens. 
Um, all right. Uh, on top of that, last but not least is the start of Sangatsu no Lion, um, which is March comes in like a lion. Um, this one is about a professional shogi player. It had three seasons of an anime done by Studio Shaft. Um, so I'm excited to see if reading it will give me a better understanding of the characters and or a greater understanding of how like how shogi works. Um, I was never one to really learn how Japanese chess works. And this happens to be the way how it goes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, Sangatsu no Lion. Uh, moving on into next week's a couple of books to look out for. Um, we have Skip and Loafer 7. Um, we have Colorless 4. And we have PTS, uh, PS, PTSD Radio 3. Um, for my page, I also have Non-Kilo uh, 11, but I don't know if that is 100% correct. Let me double check. Um, but um, Skip and Loafer 7, if you guys are watching the anime uh, at the moment, you'll you'll definitely be able to catch a glimpse of that. Um, Colorless 4 is one of the few books that is printed. It looks like it's in black and white. It is technically in color because color is a part of the plot. Um, and you never know when color is actually going to show up. It's, it's very good uh, for that. And then last but not least was PTSD Radio. Um, if you guys were looking into something that is like mini episodes absolutely terrifying um would recommend um taking a peek at ptsd radio as well so um yeah we have all of that and we have skip and low for seven colorless four ptsd radio three um those are going to be the big ones um the biggest date that we have to keep in mind for this month is going to be the 23rd which is going to be right before memorial day so um Keep your pocket safe. Keep that in mind as we uh, slowly approach that date. Um, it is going to be crazy. As for me, um, I am going to be at Fanime this year as well. So if anybody wants to stop by, talk to me about manga um, in person, or just wants to hang out with me and play Jackbox late at night, uh, feel free to catch me there. So um, yeah, that that's my stuff for the week. I hope everybody is having a great time and... Uh, we're we're back. We're older and we're back. Ew, why did you have to stress the older bit? We we are. Uh, uh I don't like that. All right, Kevin, what is your advice of the week with deal for dealing specifically for dealing with becoming older and creak creakier joints and and one step closer towards existential the, crisis? The tomb. Uh the tomb. The, the tomb. tomb. Uh, dynamic stretches in the morning, static stretches at night. There you go. Oh, that sounds like effort, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us again after our brief birthday hiatus. Um, it's good to be back talking all these geeky things and and learning about what's going on in the world. Thank you all for joining us, and we will be hopefully more consistent now that we are older and wiser and our joints hurt more, and we are, as Kevin said, one step closer to the grave. Um, we'll catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, 
please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.